Hello, everyone. It's been a while, but Pete and Vince are back on the 10 West podcast. And do we have a special guest for you on our first podcast in a few months? Uh, Mr. Rod Martin, former Raiders linebacker from 1977 to 88, who owns a Super Bowl record for three interceptions in one game. He's a former uh, USC Trojan who currently works at the university. He was kind enough to take some time with us to talk about his experiences in the Super Bowl, his thoughts on the possible move to Vegas, and a number of other topics. So we hope you enjoy our chat with Rod Martin. Here, we, we've almost ruined all the good stories right beforehand, so I'll let Pete introduce yes. you so we can okay. formally have yes. this podcast going. Okay. Well, we are honored to have Mr. Rod Martin on the 10 West, the reboot of the 10 West podcast. We haven't done one in a while, but we are so thankful to have you um, share some time with us today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. I'm just uh, taking a lunch period away from the University of Spoiled Children, USC, if everybody <laughs> don't know that. Are you allowed uh, to make fun of USC when uh, considering you went there? Do you get like a pass? Uh, oh, I get a pass. Yeah? For sure. No doubt. <laughs> you know, I played ball there and I went to school there and now I'm working back there for another, this is one of my 16th year at USC. So what do you think about, since we're on the topic of, of the Trojans, a uh, little bit of a resurgence they had in, in one season. Started off slow and then rebounded nicely and then probably the best Rose Bowl, maybe the best Rose Bowl of all time. In quite a while. I mean, it was, it was, it was a shocker, to tell you the truth, you know, the way it started off and uh, losing those early games. And, I mean, you know, it shows that SC wanted to play against talented individuals. That's how Alabama got on the schedule the first game of the season. Uh, you know, they didn't know which uh, quarterback was going to be the one that's going to, you know, take take us through, through the whole season. And uh, ended up uh, with the losses that we had, they decided to change it. And Donald came in and played like a man. I mean, he had ice in his veins, you know, and uh, he just did a great job all year long. He had some talented individuals with him, too. Adoree and Juju and, and the offensive line, man, that's, you know, Everybody don't understand how it starts from the offensive line. And offensive line is the key to offensively being successful. What is it like for you to watch these USC teams? Because I'm seeing scores that are, you know, in the 40s and 50s, and they're still winning those games. But you came from an era where USC was known for having a defense that no one really messed with. And it's not saying that they don't have talented individuals on defense, but it's just true. Is it a different feel for you to watch these teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a different feeling, you know, but we all know offense brings people to the stands, defense wins championships. So you have to have a great defensive team to, you know, to help out. I mean, that's what a team is all about. As you know, football is, is a team sport. Uh, if you do your job, your individual abilities will come out and you will be recognized. But yeah, it's, it's changed. It's just the way that the, the league has changed and, and the, uh, you know, the NAACP has changed as well. <laughs> Excuse me on that one, you know. You can be forgiven with all the all the okay. stuff that's going on. We're, we we won't just stick to sports if you don't okay, want okay, to. No, uh, but, you know, definitely you can be forgiven for the slip of the tongue on that one. I can okay. understand that. Yep. NC2A, <laughs> you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, the game has changed so much uh, over the years, of course. Uh even in the, in the Pop Warner, the earliest stages, they've changing, they are changing the game, the way the game is played. Back in the day, when I played and my teammates played, I mean, it was no 
no protecting the player once they was on the field. Everybody's going out there to, to do their job. And we knew we went out there. We loved the game, first of all. We loved the game of football. But we went out there, and we knew in the back of our minds that it's a violent game. Anybody could get hurt at any time. And, uh, but once that ball is snapped, you don't even think about that anymore. You don't even think about the stands, all the people in the stands. You think about doing your job right there on the football field. And um, you, you really don't think about it. Uh, we're just talking about my mentor, Jack. I was in the game when he paralyzed Stingley, Daryl Stingley. And they had put these, you know, talked about how they were going to didn't respect the Raider linebackers and the DBs. And that was bulletin board stuff for us. You know, we put it on the board and we talked about it all week long. And, um, you know, we went out there and we, even though it's a preseason game, I mean, you don't call us out like that, not the Raiders, you know. And so we went in there, our mindset was, you know, we're going to be hard, we're going to be tough, we're going to be aggressive out here. And, you know, and when Jack made the hit, everybody just thought it was a great hit. It was nothing dirty about it whatsoever, you know, it's a football play, you know. And just unfortunately, you know, Daryl did not get up and he was paralyzed for the rest of his life, you know. And, and we all took those chances out there. I mean, um, and it's, it's a violent sport. It's a violent sport, and that's why they are changing it. They're trying to change it now. Uh, the concussions was more than the, to make the changes in the NFL than anything else really right now. And, um, you know, back in those days, you know, concussions was the thing that – just happened. I remember in the game that I played in against Kansas City Chiefs, and they had that AstroTurf, and it felt like <laughs> something like that. And so, go out there, make a tackle on the receiver, fall down, hit my head on on the on the turf, and the trainers run out because I was I kind of got up on to my knees, and the trainers run out and they said, "Rod, Rod, are you all right?" And I could hear them, but I couldn't respond, you know. And they kept doing it a couple of times, and I still couldn't, <laughs> couldn't, you know, couldn't say anything back to them until they came out and they gave me the finger, <laughs> <laughs> and I told them, "Get away from me," you know. They said, "Oh, you all right? Get on up, come on off the field, get off the field, three and in, three out for the offense, back on the field." You know, so it was things like that that happened to us, you know, and it was just, that was just one time, you know, and that's the most serious one that I had. The other times when you hit your bell would be, you know, we ring your bell and, mm -hmm. you know, you see butterflies and that kind of thing. That's, we didn't know those was concussions back in those days. That's, ver you know, the version of uh, concussions that started out, you know, so NFL knew about it, bottom line. They knew about it, and just uh, they didn't do anything about it until it got to be real bad with guys, you know, killing themselves and, you know, and just going off. And, and one of my buddies, Junior, say I, I miss him a lot, you know, and great guy, great person, great guy. Played 20 years, and, you know, and the rules that we were playing in. You know, nowadays, sure, you got guys – doing 20 years, but training camp is not like it was when we were playing ball. We had six weeks of double days, two and a half hours each session, you know, and, you know, we were glad to break training camp, and we hit every day. Every day we hitting somebody, hitting, you know, and I think over the period of time, it makes your body stronger 
you know, that kind of hit and, and everything that's going on. If we twisted our ankle during in training camp, by the time the season starts, it's already calcified. So you go out there and still play the game, you know, and enjoy the game. Nowadays, you know, they have a serious injury in the regular season that could be out for the whole year, you know. So things like that, man, it has changed the game quite a bit. Do you think – I read something that they said that either in college or I can't remember where that they're going to limit, severely limit the amount of contact during practice during the week. And Do you do you think that's – part of me feels like that's not going to solve the problem because the players need to be obviously accustomed to the violence mm-hmm. and, and that, you know, if you wait till Sunday, I feel like injuries might happen more than, yeah. than if they would if, if they had been hitting more. You know, we used to have uh, two days uh, in the regular season to to hit. You know, I mean, um, we'd hit against the second string offense, whatever, if, they, if it's offensive day, and then vice versa when it's defensive day. You know, they have a second string offense come against the defense, that kind of thing. So I think it's still – that's the way it should be. I think to keep, keep the guys healthy enough to withstand that pounding during the regular season. You know, that's a long season you have to go through and you get pounded on all the time. And in the games, and, and when you get in the game, you don't do it to get to that point. You get kind of soft, I think, you know, because you don't do, don't be as aggressive and going after the players. And I see players now, they don't tackle a person by wrapping them up and throwing them down or something like that. They give them a, a shoulder. A shoulder won't do anything but, you know, hit him and make him go forward and get some more yardage. You know, you got to do do your job. You got to stop the guy in his tracks, you know. You got to be aggressive. You got to hit him. Always growing up, the center spot, pot, spot on your body, your chest, that's where you aim for, you know. And a lot of guys are not doing that anymore because they don't do it in practice, you know. So it makes a difference, you know, how they play on the field, the way they practice, you know. So... Um, you know, I went up to a couple of Raider practices the last couple of years, you know, up in Napa. And to see them doing the things they're doing, they think it's good, you know, for the for the players. But in the long run, those players are going to get hurt during the season, you know. I mean, the training is, is they only have, I think it's 14 days in the whole year that they can put on full pads and hit each other. That is ridiculous, you know. So, I mean, I don't understand it. I don't understand the point. They're trying to protect it, people. You're trying to protect the players. But the sport is violent. It's a violent game, and it's loved by a whole lot of people. And it's going to always be around. And, and they can't make it any softer than what they're trying to do right now. Well, speaking of hitting in practice, and with your crew with the Raiders and hitting in practice, what was the line – that you guys had with each other? Because I know that you probably hit each other sometimes maybe even harder than you hit some of those dudes in the game. Was there a line drawn or was it an unwritten line or just something you guys kind of knew? Yeah, it was a line drawn because you need those guys on <laughs> Sunday, you know, to play and do their best as well, you know. we give them a good shot. we give them a good lick, you know, and but we wouldn't take it to the point where, you know, we're just going to power drive somebody into the ground if you don't have to, you know. And as long as they're in the right position, and where they supposed to be, you know, if they're not in position, then you can whack them, <laughs> you know. So that's what the thing. Let them know where they should have been, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, that that's practice. That's practice. That's where you get to be really good is in practice, you know. And 
if you played the preseason games, we used to have those preseason games. You know, we play one series or something that's a starting team and come out and let everybody else go in there to get their practice in too because they might need to be in a game and they got to be ready when they're in the regular season game. So, yeah, it, it makes a difference, you know, the way they practice, no doubt. <laughs> well, obviously the Super Bowl is coming up in a few days and you are uh... – Somebody that I can't say uniquely we know. qualified. Yes, we don't to talk know many people that have the kind of accolades you do. We'll get to that in a minute. But I'm just wondering, like, you know, at this time of year, do you, do you always kind of, you know, start dredging up the memories of of the week leading up to it. I don't think they had the media day kind of nonsense they do no, now. But no, obviously, didn't. you guys get out there, you know, a few days ahead of time. You practice. You probably had some went out, had some fun. I mean. Take no us doubt. through what it was like back no then doubt. for you, you know, Super Bowl week and, and all that. And Well, let me tell you, first of all, when I got <laughs> drafted, um, I got drafted with some guys that we were just like coming in and, and when we got there, they, they, they had just won, Raiders had just won the Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings. And then when Jack and the rest of them was telling us what it would be like to be a Raider, he was talking about, you know, don't take no prisons, that kind of thing I just said earlier. But actually, when they got the Super Bowl ring, they put it on their hands and they said, you know, all this stuff we told you about, that's good too. But this is what it's all about. And they started flashing the rings at us, you know. And the guys that got drafted with me in 77 was um, Lester Hayes, Mickey Marvin, Jeff Barnes, Terry Robisky, uh, Rich Martini, Rolf Bernerski, you know, and – after we see, saw those rings, we became the nucleus of the next two Super Bowl teams. And, you know, it was inspiring for us to see the rings and see the guys, you know, walking around with them. And we, we said, this is why we play this game. We want one of those, you know. And that's what we were focused on that kind of mentality that we had. And we used to hang out. We have a camaraderie. We hang out together, you know. Offensive players, defensive players, special teams. We even took the kickers. It was Chris Barr and Ray Guy. They were pretty good. So we had, to, yeah. we had to take those guys too, you know. But it was so much fun. Thursday nights, every Thursday night during the season, we would go out there and have a fun. We'd go eat some food and have some, you know, some, some waters and drinks and things of that nature afterwards and just have a good time, the camaraderie, just watching, you know, telling jokes and, and just having a, a big time fun, you know. And that grew us better, uh, stronger, stronger together as a team as well. Let me ask you about this, and this is somewhat of a side topic, but that camaraderie, mm -hmm. you talked a little bit about guys that got traded. Mm -hmm. So these are guys that have once been on your team, they're teammates. Nowadays you see guys, everyone's friends with everyone. It seems like the camaraderie is less between the team and more between the league. You know, you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're friends with guys because they're in the league, which is fine. I All understand right. that you're playing a dangerous game. You know, you've got to have a camaraderie there. Mm-hmm. But how, where, where, do you, where do you stand on that? How, how friendly were you with people that, let's say, let, let's just start with people that might have been traded, at least someone that you had started a friendship okay. with. Well, how do you feel about that take? Not friendly on the field. Not at all. I mean, I have to do my job and they got to do their job. Uh, uh, it comes about, up about, you know, when we played Houston with Kenny Stabler and Dave Casper there. Didn't matter. You know, Jack Tatum was over there on defense. Good thing I didn't have to play against him. But anyway, <laughs> um, but, you know, have that mentality, you go in and you can't, even like the guys I played college ball with when I played against them in the pros, it was no friendship on the field whatsoever, you know. And it was all about, you know, 
doing your job, and they had the same mentality. And we just wanted to make sure that we we had more of a, a victories, <laughs> more victories than they did whenever we played each other, you know. So uh, it's going to happen. I mean, you're going to play against some guys that, you know, that just traded or they were just coming in from college. And, you know, you can be friends off the field, but not on the field. There's no friendship there, not at all. I mean, if you that's like if you ease up on trying to, you know, making a play and you get hurt. You know, you don't do that. You can't do that. You can't afford to do that. And then I remember playing against a guy, a buddy of mine, <laughs> Pittsburgh. His name is Calvin Sweeney. He was a wide receiver. The last man to catch Terry Bradshaw's touchdown in the league. But anyway, uh, we played him in the playoff game in, here in L.A. And um, he came in my zone. And, of course, he's, you know, he was a receiver. He's kind of fast. So I just grabbed him with my hand <laughs> and threw him down. And he was calling for the refs to come help him out. I said, the ref is not going to help you out. Not in this game. Get, get back up and go ahead and do, do your job. I'm doing mine, you know. So, but after the game, you know, with friends, you know, and I saw him before he got on the bus and we talked and stuff like that. But, you know, it's part of the game, man. You, you can't go in there soft and you can't go in there, you know, not concentrating on what you got to do. You know, and you watch a lot of film, so you should be ready. You know, a lot of, I watch a lot of film. So, well, I love that you say that. You know, you see him when he's going on the bus because after the game, now all the guys are hugging, high fiving. You guys, the game is over. You goes where your, you know, your locker rooms are. I'll say hi to that dude outside, and I don't want people yeah. to know. And it, it just seems a different mentality. Right, exactly. You know, and this, every time at the end of a, of a game that I played in. I ran straight to the locker room. They always ask me, Rob, why did you do that? Why did you run to the locker room? The press was saying that. I said, because I'm still in attack mode. Why am I going to go sit around and talk to these guys that I was just fighting on the field? I got to calm down. I had to go in there, had to take me a shower, a cold shower, and just to calm my body down and my mentality because I was still in attack mode. If I saw somebody in a different jersey mode, I wouldn't be responsible for whatever happened to him, you know. So I thought the best thing for me was to run off the field and get to the locker room, you know, and that's what I did. Wow, attack mode. That should be a a Raiders t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. Three interceptions in one Super Bowl. I'm sure you've never talked about this before, but we're going to bring it up. Uh, I watched the saw, found it on YouTube, a clip, some very athletic plays. By you, mm-hmm. Mr. Martin. Uh, the third yeah, one was you. kind of a cross. I mean, if I was a quarterback coach, I probably wouldn't tell Mr. Gorowski to throw across his body in the middle of the field. But exactly. some excellent, some excellent uh, athleticism there on your part. I mean, did yeah. you? Obviously, you probably weren't keeping track in your head, or maybe you were. But I mean, you come off the field. You know, what are you thinking? Yeah. You still hold. You still have the record. You may yeah. never be broken. You know, <laughs> not to get broken well, on Sunday. You so, know, we know yeah, that. records are made to be broken, right. but you know, I like to hold on to it as long as I can. Uh, but if, if somebody breaks it, they have to get four. <laughs> and that quarterback, he will not probably be on the team next year, hopefully. <laughs> you know, I don't think Tom you know, Brady, Brady yeah. won't either. Not, right. not him, but the other guy, I'm, I don't know. I don't know about him, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the thing is that in the game, I did New Orleans, first of all, New Orleans is a great party town. Everybody knows that. And for the Raiders to go down there, you know we got to have fun. And we did. We had Tom Flores told us, our great coach Tom Flores told us that, you know, uh, guys, we're here for business. Our business at hand is to win the Super Bowl. He said, but you go out and have a good time, you know, because the food is great. 
Everybody have a good time. But we're going to – we. in fact, we didn't even have a curfew until I think two, tonight, two days before the Super Bowl. Everybody was getting back to their room except John Matuzak. <laughs> Matuzak was caught him on TV, and we all in our rooms. And they said, Matuzak, I thought you guys had a curfew. He said, yeah, but I'm out making sure all my teammates are in. Come on, Tuz. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but that's the way it was. And so uh, it's just, you know, having a great time in New Orleans. But, you know, our main job was to win the Super Bowl. So we had the best practices all year long that week for the Super Bowl. Everybody was fired up due to the fact also that Philly beat us in Philly during the regular season, and we felt we should have won that game, and it's a chance to get back with them. And so uh, we just was really focused, focused, and, and going back at night, going in my room, and I put my projector on and watched film. And the tendencies that they had and, you know, using the two tight end situation and Big Carmichael as the receiver, if he's over here, what's going to happen? You know, the mindset I had was just just trying to, you know, make sure that I knew everything was gonna, they were going to do. And also, what was so strange, my sister, was they were coming to the game and she said, right, this is before the game. This lady said she, she had a dream that you had an interception. I said, oh, really? <laughs> you know? And then somebody else came up. It was two people came up to another one of my sisters. I, got, I had five sisters, you know. So another one of my sisters. And so the other person said, you know, I think your brother's going to get an interception today. I something feel, you know. And uh, it was it was weird. I didn't even think nothing about it. You know, I just went on about it. And, and then, you know, the game starts off, you know. And, um, you know, of course, everybody got butterflies at the beginning. When you get those butterflies, you go out there and you get that first lick, everything comes into focus about what you got to do. So I saw the setup that they were going through, and um, I said, okay, this is like a – this probably looks like it's going to be a pass. So sure enough, they did a play-action pass, you know, to owners on the first play without even running the ball first to suck us in, you know. So I took a couple steps in, and I dropped back to my zone. And I saw the tight end. I think it might have been Crepley at that time. Crepley, whatever his name is. I can't even remember. But anyway, he was a tight end. And uh, he tried to come out and, and do a pattern behind me. And Drosky tried to – Jaws. <laughs> Jaws tried to throw him – throw the ball t- straight to him instead of lobbing it over my head, you know. Either way, I would I would if he lobbed it, I'd have intercepted it too because I could jump up. I'm a, I was a former basketball player, so so he tried to take sit it between uh, Bob Nelson and myself, and I ended up seeing it come, and I just whirled back inside, intercepted the ball, hit Bob, and ran into Bob Nelson. We ran into each other, and uh, I just took it, tried to take it to the to the house. I said, well, let me go ahead and get on out of bounds. <laughs> I got a lot more game to play. Yes. <laughs> you know. So yeah, that was the first one, you know. And I got off the field and I ran over to Willie Brown. I said, Brown, I I got another one in me, Brown. I got some more in me, Brown. He said, Go ahead, Rod, go get it. And when I did that, it had that interception running off to the field. I could see Willie Brown uh, intercepting that ball in Super Bowl XI. Yeah. Old man Willie, run, old man Willie. You know, and I said, that's when straight to him. Brown, I got some more in me, buddy. I got some more. He said, go ahead, Rod, go get it. And sure enough, <laughs> I wouldn't got it, you know. 
The second one was uh, another trying to throw another pass to the tight end. I think it was in the second or the third quarter, one or two. And uh, and I, you know, I became the receiver. I knew the pattern. I saw that, you know, in film what he was going to try to do on me, you know. And sure enough, Jaworski threw it again. Thank you, Joss. And then, <laughs> you know, and like you said, that third one, it was like we were in a prevent defense, you know, because the game was like 27 to 10, I think, at the time. And, uh, it, and it was a very little time left on the game, on the, on the clock. So he tried to, I saw the, it was actually a running back that tried to look behind me, and I saw him out, out of my eyes, you know, peripheral vision. And it, I just whirled back in, you know, towards where I thought he was, you know, and George could try to throw it. And that was the third pick. And it went down to history. (laughs) That was shocking. That was really shocking. You know, I didn't even think about it until – I didn't even think it was a record. Nothing like that until I got into the locker room. They told me it was a Super Bowl record, you know, so – do you remember who told you what the record was and what your thought process was right after that? Uh, it was so much joy in that room, man, and everybody loud and just having a good time. I don't even recall. I really don't. I wish I could go back, and but I can't with all these concussions I've had. I can't remember back that far, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, it was just, and 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 then it ended up where, you know, I ended up going to this. What was that? Thing that they had over in Hawaii, uh, no, the celebrity, the celebrity something, you know, celebrity. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but they ended up, you know, have, telling me that I was going on this trip to Hawaii to this celebrity game. You know, uh, it was like different things. It was like a op- opposite, um, obstacle courses and stuff of that nature. You know, that kind of stuff, and and I can't remember what it was. Anyway, they had. Us, both teams going over, you know, to to participate in this uh, event. Man, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> but, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Do you ever see – have you seen Jaws uh, since then or many times? And yes, I have. recognize you and immediately <laughs> just, like, kind of turn and walk the other way? Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, because he's on ESPN. Well, he's big time. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's a big time. But anyway, uh, when him and, and Gruden was working together on the pro, you know, at, at Monday Night Football, Gruden had called me. And they were playing in San Francisco on Monday night uh, football game. And there's a place in Oakland called uh, Ricky's. And that was a place that I had been going to since 1978, <laughs> you know, all the way up. It's like my family, you know. Uh, the, the father was a great guy, and, and his son is a junior after him, Ricky Ricardo Jr. <laughs> and so um, he actually – before not, before I went to the Super Bowl, let me go back and tell you guys this story. Go, before I went to the Super Bowl, I was just going there and eating, just have a good time. And he had he said, "Rod, come on with me." And he took me into his office, and he had this leprechaun on top of his on top of his desk, you know. And he says, "This is my good luck charm." He said, "Rub it." So I went up there and I rubbed the belly like three times. I was part of it too. And <laughs> went back and had three interceptions in the Super Bowl. So, you know, I had a lot of luck going on my side at that time, you know. So, you know, okay, getting back to what we were talking about. <laughs> I had to throw that in too because that was a big part of it as well. Okay. Oh, oh Jaws. Okay, so 
So Josh, uh Gruden called me and said, right, I need you to come up here to Oakland. And he says, uh, um, we're going to play a trick on Jaws. <laughs> so I said, man, I said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm at work, man. I can't just get up there on the spirit of the moment right now, you know. And he says, well, let me let me see what's, what's happening around here. I said, you know, but you got to make it good for me. He couldn't make it good for me that time. <laughs> so I ended up not going up there to make the story short. But last year, um, ESPN flew me into uh, uh, Philadelphia. So they wanted me to, you know, want to go back and, and talk about the Super Bowl, of course. And they had some fans come in from um, Philadelphia, some Philadelphia Eagle fans, diehard fans. They went to the game. They actually went to the game in 81, and they were in a mobile home, and they were just, uh, you know, just having a party, having a good time. And they said it was about 17 of them that were there, and uh, they were sitting in, the, in this uh, studio, and they wanted me to go in there and sit up behind them, you know, so I was surprised when I come out. And I went in there with the crew, and we sit in the back of the studio, a dark studio, you know, with just a game going on. And it was a Rod Martin highlight film, basically. <laughs> and they said they were saying, "Oh, that Martin, that guy that won won the game. That man, whatever else they were saying, you know." And I'm sitting back there just laughing. And so the the host says um, they was talking about one play. They were saying, "Well, what about that that interception of Martin?" They said he's the one that won the game. He was the MVP, <laughs> you know. And then then they said, "Well, Rod." Uh, what do you got, what do you have to say about this? So I get up and I said, "Oh, okay, <laughs> you know." Uh, so I started talking to them, you know, the fans, and they said, "They at first they said, what? Oh no, no, he's not here." <laughs> and so you know, and and um, a guy down there was talking to, I was telling him about, you know, I said, you know, you guys have a great fan base. I said, but the Raider fan base <laughs> are the greatest. <laughs> you know, of course, what else am I going to say? I said, but I know you guys have a great fan base and everything, and and you guys uh, support him. And, and he was saying, and they were talking about, you know, the Super Bowl and how they all went down. And he said, and so-and-so has uh, the the uh, ticket that he had. He pulls it out of the Super Bowl ticket that he had back in the day. Exactly. Yeah, sure. But then all of a sudden the door opens up. Here comes Jaws. <laughs> I, I kind of knew he was going to be there, you know. But, uh, you know, he came here and busted in. And he said, what are you doing in here? You get, trying to take my fans away too? <laughs> I said, come on, my, I'm, I'm your third lead receiver. Come on, come on in here. <laughs> so we had a good fun time about it, man. It was it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, he you know he has he said he's, he had never watched the game. He had never watched the replay of the game. Of all oh. the film that he breaks down, uh, it, yeah, yeah, he didn't take the time to watch well, the I game. Can't blame him. <laughs> Those <laughs> were pretty yeah. bad. You should have told him it's on repeat at your house. He can come by anytime. Yeah, exactly. He knew it. TV. <laughs> he knew it. For sure. Talking about the Raiders and their their fan base, obviously another thing in the news is the is the potential move to Vegas, and and you were fortunate to play in here in Oakland, and then. Yeah, so Vegas is a pretty wild town, and the Raiders are definitely probably the perfect team to go out there. Uh, what would you say if that actually ever comes to fruition? Well, yeah, I'm a Raider fan. I grew up in L.A. I'm a Raider fan. I fell in love with the Oakland Raiders, and um, you know, and 
being drafted by them was a dream come true, really, for me. And the way I got drafted was even more <laughs> impossible, I think, to me, you know, the way things happen. Um, but I have to tell you that story later, but we're talking about the possible move. Um, you know, California, I, I was, they would say in California, you know, bottom line, and could be called the California Raiders. I don't care. But, but if they go to uh, Vegas, I'm going to support them. I'm going to still support them. I'm going to go and support them and be there and, and cheering them on like I've been ever since I retired. Uh, and like I was cheering before I became a Raider, you know. And Mark Davis is, is doing the smart thing by just, you know, if somebody's going to offer you a whole lot of money, it's like his father, like Al did. Al didn't turn down no opportunities. And this is a great opportunity for the Raiders, talking about what the the money that's there, and it's, it's you know they have another team up in uh, trying to get one in Oakland ran by Ronnie Lott supposedly you know, but apparently they haven't shown any finances as far as that's concerned. So uh, for, by Mark uh, putting that proposal in the other day, uh, you know that shows that he's he's still going towards them right now. Unless something else comes up and make him change his mind, that's, it looks positive for the for Vegas right now, you know. And but the lifestyle is going to be a lot different for the players. They're going to have to learn how to adjust. This city's twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five days a year, <laughs> you know. And I even had thought about moving to Vegas uh, when I retired to have a, a ownership of, of a restaurant, you know, and. I went and visited and and I said, no, this is not for me. <laughs> I got to sleep sometime, you know, and I'd have my business. It'd be open 24 hours, you know, just about. And I just said, no, I don't want to. Not Vegas is not for me, you know. So they have to do a lot of adjusting there, you know. Uh, and so I, I saw where I guess the, the team put some more proposal stuff out, you know, and I think it's more to be negotiated on, you know, more so than, you know, they – itched in stone that that's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be that way. They're going to give, it's going to be give and take, you know, but Mark is doing a great job, I think, right now. He hired Reggie McKenzie, our teammate, you know, and he's done a great job over the, over the years. And Mark has mentors, you know, he could talk to. Tom Flores, John Madden, you know, uh, um, all the other guys that's still around there in the Bay Area, you know, that I could, the legends <laughs> that I could talk about and mention, you know. Well, plunk it, plunk it. Tell us a little bit about your experience in the move and to maybe shine some light on what those players are going through. When when you had the move from Oakland to Los Angeles, was it a quick thing or was it something that you guys kind of got wind of and had to prepare yourselves for? How did it go down? It was talk. It was it was talk about it during the whole season, you know. The whole season and the whole year was just, you know, talked about it for a couple of years, you know, that you know, I was gonna move the team to to Los Angeles, and um, you know, and, and I, I, I told Al one day. I said, I said, Mr. Davis, I said, thank you. I said, uh, you know, I really fell in love with the Oakland Raiders, and I said, I really don't want to go back to LA. I played in the Coliseum at SC and all that stuff. I want to stay in. LA. He said, Well, I'm signing your check in LA. I said, Let's go. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to go. So, I mean, no doubt about it, you know, and it worked out well for us. You know, we got down here and we were eight and one to strike year, you know, and 
should have been in the Super Bowl that that time also, but we didn't, and it just didn't happen for us. But you know, we came in and made it happen, and you know, L.A. the only team to win the Super Bowl in L.A. still to this day. And being from L.A., I guess your experience might have been a little bit different than some of your teammates, because mm-hmm. for you, it's it's coming home, right? True. I mean, what what sure. are your teammates saying? Are there? You're, I mean, you you just said you didn't want to go back to LA. That's where you're from. I mean, are they coming yeah. to you and saying, "Hey, Rob, what are we going to do out there in LA? You know, take me around the town." <laughs> what what are they What are they coming to you and saying at that time? Uh, absolutely, they wanted to know where everything was, you know, <laughs> where Hollywood, where the where the clubs were, where everything here, you know, in Southern Cal was the beach area, the whole bit, you know. Fortunate enough, we were close to the beach in El Segundo, you know, but they didn't know the spots to go to. And I was, you know, I was giving them a tour. I was giving all my teammates tours, man, and they was loving it. You know, it was a great time. We had a great time. And that's it. The camaraderie got even bigger <laughs> during that time as well, you know, sure. Thursday night. So, yeah, we had some great times. Well, let me put you on the spot. As someone uniquely qualified that has, has had to move with a team before, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the three teams – you tell me where their real home, where you think their home should be. Raiders, Rams, Chargers. You can go in any order. <laughs> where, 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 where do those teams belong in, in your mind? Oh, well, they all were here at one time. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so huh, the Raiders should be in Oakland. Chargers should be San Diego. The Rams, uh, they were the L.A. Rams. I mean, you know, but it's squabbling over. The cities to buy it. I mean, they put the big money out there, man. I mean, you know, it's a lot of more things that is in need, you know, other than a, a stadium. I mean, the stadium would make a lot of money. It would be a lot of uh, money for the community as well, you know, but they're going to have to give up a lot too, you know. I mean, these mom and pop stores that they, they build in these big, you know, city-like, you know, stadiums around, you know, events around the stadium and – it takes away from mom and pop stores as well. So maybe that's the way that life is, is going, you know. That's the way they, they are doing things. And and the Raiders and the Chargers Stadium is the worst, the two worst ever. You know, Oakland was still playing on the on that dirt, the baseball diamond. You know, that's ridiculous, totally ridiculous. So, And the guys, you know, you have certain kind of cleats on and you go through that dirt, you slip it and fall it, you know. Qualcomm. <laughs> that is that's terrible too. It's just a, a t- terrible place to play in. You know the the field is not great at all. You know it comes up when you run it. <laughs> you know so, and the Rams are the first ones here. You know so if if they do that, you know that would be great. But it's not going to happen. You know. Do you Sen- think the Chargers playing at StubHub Center is going to be a benefit to them, considering that they don't draw? A lot, and then they're gonna maybe a smaller stadium will be a lot better environment, a louder environment before they move to the new. I really, you know, I mean, I was in there the other day at the stadium for that collegiate football game, and thirty it seats thirty thousand is max, you know, and I don't Chargers ain't got that many fans. <laughs> period. I don't care where, where they are; they don't have that many fans in San Diego. They want to go to the game. You see, when we when we played them in San Diego this past year, how this, the Raider fans just dominated the stadium. You know, and when I'm down there, I tell them nothing. You guys, you know, to stand at home, we're lucky if Raiders didn't sell the stadium out. You wouldn't see the game on TV. <laughs> you know, so I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, I don't know where that, and they don't have a fan base here in LA. 
you know. So it's going to be real tough for him, you know. And, of course, everybody knows L.A. has to have a winner. You have to win in L.A. to be definitely, you know, talked about or being proud of by the, by the fans here in L.A. And, um, you know, it showed what had happened with the Raiders. It also had a fan base, you know, even though we had a lot of people, it wasn't full stadium like it was before, mm-hmm. you know, 95,000 people in the stands. It wasn't like that anymore. So, yeah, main thing, got to win. Like Al says, just win, baby. <laughs> what were those uh, fan experiences like when, when you were moving? I mean, now players obviously have direct mm-hmm. connection to their fans with social mm-hmm. media. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, having been Super Bowl champions, I'm sure that you were easily noticeable out and about in Oakland. Was there any mm-hmm. interactions with fans? I mean, it's got to be tough. I mean, it's a business, right? You're, yeah. This is your career. But at the same time, you do have the connection with those fans, especially Raider fans. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we still have the camaraderie with the fans, too, you know. I mean, uh, for instance, I, I was in the wedding with the Gorilla Gorilla. Gorilla Gorilla was at a wedding in Fresno once. And I, my, Jeff Barnes and myself were the only two Raiders that was in the service <laughs> ceremony as well. You know, it was a, like in Fresno, it was uh, 95 degrees outside. <laughs> and it was hot and we were perspiring. But we look over at the... The gorilla, and he's got his gorilla suit on and a suit on top of that. <laughs> so I was cool after that, you know. Yeah. I mean, and it's just like that. I mean, the people that you see them because they go to all the functions, they go to all the games, everything that's happening, you know, and you get to know them, know those people, and you become friends with them, you know. And and it's it's really a great. Now in Oakland, you know, they don't want to see the fans up there to live there. They don't want to see them leave and go nowhere, you know, not at all. People here in L.A., the fans in L.A. say, oh, well, if they do, it's a little closer than Oakland. You know, they can drive, mm-hmm. you know, bottom line. And so you got to think about how it's going to benefit you if if you're going to move one way or another, you know. So that's that's the main thing. I mean, even, you know, when we were leaving Oakland, I mean, <laughs> and actually uh, I had put my my furniture, my whole house furniture, on a truck that was going down to El Segundo with the equipment. <laughs> yeah, and I got yeah, away with it. They should put the bill for that yeah, too, right? Exactly. Yeah, they did. So, uh, yeah. Good. Yeah, so that was great. That was a great thing. But yeah, you know, the fans are the ones that lose out, man. Back in the day, when a family of four could go to the game, now it's tough. It's tough for a family of four to go to a game, you know, the money that they, the, how much the seats are, you know, nowadays. And they should get back to that. Give them, give them at least one game where, you know, they could come back, turn back the time or something of that nature for it. It could fill up the stadium. Chargers, if you're listening, that's a good thing to do, you know. <laughs> Ten dollars. So, right, right exactly, you know. So, I mean, it, it, it'll make it good because you're going to have food and stuff. The session stand is going to have stuff. you got to pay for stuff there as well, you know. So, you got to think about stuff like that, you know. Think outside the box. So, yeah. yeah. Kids, kids under a certain age getting free, something like right. that. They're, like you said, they're going to need sodas. They're going to need hot dogs. You'll still make your money. Still make your money. And that's, yeah, exactly. And and these all these 32 billionaires, you know, I mean, come on, you know, give us, give the people a break. Give know? us something. Though. Yeah, give us something. Played in a pretty spectacular era of, of the NFL. Would you say, and this could be a teammate or an opponent, who would you say the best player you've ever 
played with, played against, maybe somebody you saw lined up in the back, or you knew, like, all right, well, we're playing this team, and, and uh, they got him under center, you know, maybe extra uh, preparation. And, or it can be multiple. It doesn't have to be yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm basing myself on the guys, really, that I played with. <laughs> Jack Tatum, my guy, you know. I mean, I looked up to him. I thought he was the best football player on the field every time, every time going out there. You know, um, Ted Hendricks inspired me. He was another one of my mentors as well, you know. Um, and, you know, Gene Upshaw, uh, Art Shell, you know, Raymond Chester, you know, was another one, you know, that really I looked up to and just made me work so hard to make my craft so much better, you know. And, you know, and then the guys that was across from me, the opponent, you know, I, I never – Looked at them like with a fear factor at all, at all, you know, because, you know, I'm coming after them like they coming after me, you know. And um, when Lyle Alzado got there, <laughs> he made it, I mean, he made it such a, a fun, easy game for me. Uh, you know, I had been all pro, uh, pro bowl and that stuff. And when Lyle got there, I used to have to knock the, the fullback out of the way. And before then, I had to knock the guard out and, you know, that kind of thing, and or the tight end, get rid of the tight end. And when Lyle got there, he really just knocked all that stuff out for me. And all I did basically is go make tackles, make plays and stuff of that nature and made uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Year that year, thanks to Lyle Alzado and my other teammates. But Lyle was the main one, yeah. And yeah, it, it, it was it was great playing with him, and Mike Haynes behind me. So I mean, it, it kind of worked pretty well, you know, being uh, the linebacker position that I was playing. And, was there an opponent that you particularly liked hitting more than others, or one guy uh, you just really didn't like? Uh, Fouts. Dan <laughs> 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 Fouts. You know, we just. He he was a great quarterback, no doubt, you know, but arrogant as well, you know. So we just try to hit him, hit him as hard and often as we can. And um, he actually, when he was, when we were playing with our, our coach, uh, Charlie Sumner, came up with the scheme where he would put myself and a, another DB right beside, in the hole, right over the center. And the center had, and then had guards, was covered up with the uh, lineman as well. Scheme worked every time. I mean, Faust get the ball snapped to him. Somebody was on him right away, you know, and we were just lighting him up, you know. And they, they're trying to do that now in the league, you know, and uh, I've seen some teams copy that, but he was the first one to start doing it with us, and that was pretty awesome, you know. Uh, an another one, uh, let me see, who was another one that talked to a lot of crash? <laughs> We were doing all the talking, basically. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out who else was. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, Tom Jackson used to talk a lot of mess, but I couldn't have, I couldn't get to him because he played defense too. <laughs> you know, so, but uh, it was fun, man. It was just fun, you know, chatting, going back and forth with somebody, you know, and he got, he made a tackle on the sideline once and I looked and I kind of gave him the business with, with my foot. And the trainer was doing the same thing on it. We both were kicking him on the sideline. <laughs> and he was talking crap, 
you know, back then too, he's talking trash and just want to let him know, you don't do this here. Somebody's going to do something to you <laughs> for sure. It's funny. Both guys you mentioned are, broad, are broadcasters or work for media. Oh companies. yeah. That's, so it translates yeah, well. Natural fit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's, maybe there's a correlation between guys unliked on the field. Well, not respected, but unliked on the field transition yeah. into the booth better than the other yes, way around. Yes, for sure. Well, circling back a little bit to, to the Super Bowl, and I, I we've had you for a good amount of time, all these great stories. I don't want to uh -huh. keep you too much longer, but okay. let's circle back just a little bit back to that big game. What the Patriots have done, you know, the closest thing to to a dynasty that that we've had in a, in a little while in the NFL. Do you think? I don't want to talk about this. No, <laughs> the Tuck Rule, man. I remember the Tuck Rule. All right, you know that so goes that back, is? man. That was that was just a, a robbery, highway robbery for, uh, against us, you know, the Raiders, and. The way that it came out, now it's, you know, it's legal, you know, when the quarterback is arm is going forward and the ball is forward. <laughs> and back then, it was the tuck rule, you know. I mean, he was supposedly trying to tuck it away. And and then the deflate gate. I mean, it's just so much, man. It's so much, you know. I mean, if you're going to cheat, don't get caught, <laughs> you know. And that's what, what's been happening with them over the years. They've been cheating and they're getting caught. You know? So you'll be rooting for the Falcons on that? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah. I, for I sure. think it's, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I don't care for them at all. <laughs> that's the, that's my feeling and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> and I know they're you... a little different. They're kind of the antithesis <clears throat> to your Raiders teams that were, everything we do happens between these lines. Where it seems like everything that happens with them, they they do win championships on the field, but there's a lot going on in the background, and maybe that is that maybe what gets under your skin a little bit because you guys were so in between the lines. It happens here, and then it, it sounds like you guys had a lot of fun outside the lines. But they seem yeah. to be like they're scheming going on outside lines when they should be going and having fun. Yeah, you know. I really don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. But, no, you no, know I'll that's just the way. It, they, they they don't do nothing for me at all, you know. I mean, Brady's by Brady, he's almost done, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and then he had four games he was off. His body healed up. He was in great shape to go the rest of the season instead of going 16 games, you know. He the best 12. thing could have happened to him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and he didn't get hurt, you know, uh, after that game. And, you know, and so after those four games he set out, he was just healing up, getting better, you know, as far as that's concerned, you know, healing his body. Things like that, <laughs> slap him on the wrist, <laughs> you know, slap him on the wrist. You know, they sh I think it should have been something else, you know, a little, a little steeper. But that's my opinion, and I'm sticking with that one too. And the you last know. thing I'll ask you is you mentioned concussions. I mean, you seem like you did you would you say you escaped maybe a little less uns, or more uns, or less unscathed than some of your like you said, your friends and your your teammates. I mean, I said I noticed some of your fingers or your knuckles are probably been broken a few yeah, times. Yeah, my say. shoulder is hurting right now. You know, I got all kind of things going on, you know. But yeah, I mean. I'm in decent shape. I didn't have any surgeries while I played those 12 years of pro and the other years in college and high school, no surgeries. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed, man. You know, uh, God has been good to me, and he's kept my health going in the right direction. Um, I think my mind, just being with a computer, has helped, but has not helped all, all the whole situation that I have going on up there. Uh, forgetfulness, yeah, I forget 
a lot, you know, and uh, it, it's part of it, you know. But, uh, you know, I'm just trying to stay focused. You know, I just became a grandfather two times again. I'm the second time grandfather, and I like to be around to, to enjoy those those beautiful little girls I have. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a lot better shape than a lot of guys, you know. And, um, it's, you know, my mom, she prayed for a lot of years, man. <laughs> My mom was uh, 101. She passed about seven seven weeks ago. So you know, and she traveled with the, with the team with us. And, you know, whenever I went places, she and my sisters, you know, they were there with me, and uh, we just had a had a blessed time, man, to have her around so long. You know, but yeah, it's just uh, you know, I, it's going to happen to all of the guys that play the game. And the owners should understand this and realize it, that I don't care what happens, how you fall on the on the field or wherever you fall, your brain is going to move around in your skull. It's gonna, there's nothing there to tie it down. There's no, no helmet that's going to be able to tie your brain down. Impact is going to happen. You know, it's going to move around in your head. And whoever the genius is to come up with, a helmet that's going to keep you from, you know, hitting your brain from rallying around, it's going to make them more money than the NFL did, you know. So it's just, you know, having that that thought that it's, you know, one day you might lose it all. It's not fun at all, you know. And so you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, never know what's going to happen. And I try to, I've always tried to be off the field a pleasant and, and a good person and kind and different than on the field. On the field, I went out there with intentions, bad intentions to hurt folks and get them off the field. You know, not seriously hurt them, you know, hurt them to the fact where they won't be out there to play against me. <laughs> Bottom line, you know, I want to get to them before they get to me, you know. Uh, but off the field, I know how to bring it down. I knew how to do it take a cold shower, <laughs> run to the locker room. That's what I do now. You know, if I have to get my mind right or something, I take a cold shower, man, you know, and get me, my focus back, you know. So Bo Jackson recently said that <clears throat> if he had known what now, what he knew then, he would never play football. Could you ever see yourself saying that? Well, I started off as a basketball player, but I fell in love with football. I was a junior in high school and I started playing football. And – I love the game of football. I love to be, you know, I was a running back and I played linebacker in high school, you know, and my first year we were in the playoffs and I thought this is cool. You know, I was getting more rewards and awards for football, you know. I was a blue chip player in the city of in LA as a running back, you know. And so, but I always wanted to to I've always been aggressive. I always wanted to be the one doing the hit it instead of getting hit. You know, so uh, that was my philosophy. And, you know, it, it worked out well. It worked out well for me. Well, thank you so much for your time, Mr. Martin. This was an absolute pleasure. And uh, enjoy not watching the pay or not rooting for the Patriots <laughs> on Sunday. I don't think anybody at this table will be. No. Thank no. you again for your time so thank much. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Stay three interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, thanks again to Rod Martin for joining us. We hope you enjoyed his chat. You can find all of our podcasts on SoundCloud and at foxsportswest.com.